Okay, today we're starting with uh, page 22, the role of hard work. It says, now when you study that, it's important to understand that we're studying Bitachon, but it doesn't mean that that's the entire picture. Because when you look in Mishle, you'll see that a person must be energetic in pursuing his Parnasa. A person must be energetic in caring for his health. And a person must be energetic in gaining a good reputation with other people. You can't just sit back and say Hashem will take care of everything because He did not make the world that way. He wants you to participate. A farmer can't say, I, I'll wait till Hashem causes my field to grow with wheat. The farmer has to plow, sow, reap. There's work involved. It says in uh, Shmos, six days shall you work, right? That means everybody has to work. And not only a little bit of work. You can't say, I'll just go through a few motions to fulfill the mitzvah of showing that I'm working. And I'll trust in Hashem for the rest. No, a person has to really work. It's an obligation on everybody. So he keeps using this language of energetic, working and energetically. Is the Hebrew word Zerizos? The word is, what's the word? So it's, it's, it's this is Rebbe Vigdor so it's in English. He's like, what yeah, what's he talking about? Yeah, um, it's a great question. I think he is talking about Zerizos, but I think when he says Ishtadlis, it's energetic uh, effort is the way he spoke about it earlier in the book. When he said hishtadlis, it's not hishtadlis, is just doing something, but it's like an energetic investment of oneself in that work. such an amazing thing to see a contrast between like the bidyeva and a lechatkila. It's almost like he's framing it as not like, okay, I have to work fine, I'll just go through the motions, but that energy is like a lechatkila put into this world, we have to work, that's a curse from Adam, etc. And like, how do we just frame it like, we're going to do this as a part of our process. Meaning that, yeah, it's like it was like design, 100%. That's a great point. Um, so I actually, well, so let me just finish this piece and then I have something for today. Um, so the Mishnah says, right, this is a, a big sugya. It's like a big debate that we have all the time. But let's jump right into it. It, it says Torah study is good with an occupation, right? We're talking about Avos, second chapter, second Mishnah. It says Torah study is good together with an occupation for the exertion of them both makes sin forgotten. This teaches that you should work at making a living and you have to learn Torah. However, there are cases where people can rely on Hashem for their livelihood because they're exceptional people. So there's a Gemara. It quotes in Brachos on Daf Lamedei Amid Beis. I don't know all these things for the record. They're on the bottom of the page. Um, but it says, there are many who did as Rabbi Shmuel, combining Torah study with a worldly op- occupation and they were successful. Others tried to emulate the Rashbi, Rabbi Shimon Mariuchai, devoting themselves to Torah study exclusively and relying on miracles to, to support them, and they were not successful. Of course, Rabbi Shimon Mariuchai himself did succeed, but we have to know the majority of, of Jews can't rely on that. So Shlomo Melech. Well, so actually, I want to pause there because I want to come out that we're, we'll, we'll continue from there. But that debate I find to be like one of the most intense conversations in the Jewish people today, right? Full-time study, working, working and study, like what's the right approach? So there's a beautiful piece, a really beautiful piece that is from uh, Rav Dessler in Striver Truth, Mechtav Meliyahu, where he talks about uh, really investing in he talks about this question and there's an essay he wrote in the second of the six books in the English one I'm not good enough in my Hebrew to to read through it and he talks about the five levels uh, in terms of people's levels of Torah and economic activity 
And he defines what we just talked about, the sugya of Rabbi Ishmael debating with the Rashbi, where the Rashbi says, no, you should, if you, if you toil and plow and sow and reap in the time for each of those things, you won't have time, it says in the Gemara, you won't have time to learn Torah. So Rashbi says, you've got to learn Torah. And, and others, like, you'll, you'll, you'll find ways that you'll be taken care of. Hashem will take care of you. And Rabbi Ishmael says, absolutely not. You have to work and it's nobody, people aren't on that level. So, He's now going to define, and I want to take a break to come in and, and hear the sigya. He's going to define how do we even approach that? What are those five levels? And he's going to show us that really the Rashbi is the top of the, of the five. Rabbi Shmal is the second level, but there's three other levels. And we have to like figure out where we are and figure out what, what we have to do. So it goes like this. So the essay is called Torah and Economic Activity. He says it, and he's talking about the earlier essays, but it's already been explained in the preceding article, we have to engage in worldly endeavors for one reason only, to learn to see God's providence even in the world of mundane activity. This is Rib Dessler. We have to stand the test and realize that nature has no power, but all comes from Hashem alone. Accordingly, the need for these activities varies according to the level of recognition attained by the person concerned. Careful examination of the words of our sages of blessed memory enable us to distinguish five such levels. Okay, here we go. The first level, the highest level, is that of a person who has successfully passed his test and now sees the natural and the miraculous both as open miracles, having realized that nature has no independent existence at all. For such a person, there's no longer a need for a test of earning one's bread with the sweat of one's brow, as you said, the, the test of Adam Rishon that he brought into the world. It will not be of any further use to him. On the contrary, he should now spend all of his time in devotion to Hashem and his Torah. His worldly needs can now be given to him in ways that are openly miraculous. There's no longer any need to conceal the miracle from him. This level is characterized by Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai in the following words. How can man plow at plowing time, sow at seed time, reap at harvest, thresh at threshing time, winnow at winnowing time? What will happen to the Torah? But rather, when the people of Israel will do the will of Hashem, their work is done by others. And this is what indeed happened to Rabbi Shimon and his son Rabbi Lazar uh, when they were hiding in the cave in the Galilee for 13 years. A miracle happened and a carob tree and a spring were created for them, right, to, to, to exist. So they, um, there's a beautiful, I'm trying to think of where I heard this. I think it was Rabbi Tatz. Um, he talks about once you're on a certain level, and that level is, is defined by your ability to like basically conduct miracles. Um, unless there's somebody in the room that can do that. I think we're all not holding in that, in that place. Um, but he, he describes it in the following way. Imagine, we often say that like when somebody can use the name of Hashem, then all of a sudden he can create, like ha- make miracles happen in the world with the name of Hashem. Why does it work that way? The whole world we understand is a mask of Hashem, right? So the physical world is a mask, and Hashem is, is behind that mask. So if you imagine you're at a party, and a guy walks in and he knows you, but he's wearing an elaborate mask. And so now he's messing with you because you don't know who he is. So he's playing games, but then eventually you figure it out and it's slimy. And you call out his name. So the first thing he's going to do is take off the mask. There's no point anymore because you recognize that it's really him behind it. So Rabbi Tad says the same way when a person's on this level, the highest level, and you actually fully recognize who it is, that Hashem is really behind it, there's no need for the physical anymore. There's no need to hide that, like, 
that we need to work in the world. There's, the whole world is miraculous, and the physical is just as miraculous as the not. So now there's no need for that person. This person really holding on that level, amazing. So there's a tremendous amount on this piece. I want to jump to the, we have two more minutes here. Uh, I want to jump to the other levels. So, one second. So the second level, where are we? Ah, is the way, he, he talks through different examples. That's what we just skipped. Um, covering on miracles, Noah's Ark, Yaakov and the stones, Yaakov and the fox, Moshe. Amazing stories. You'll have to check them out yourself. Maybe we'll come back and look at them. The second level is the way of miracles is reserved for the one who has reached the peak of trust and faith, right? That first one. As explained earlier, he sees the nature as nothing but a test and has no power of its own whatsoever. The will of Hashem is all sufficient. He needs no tools to carry out his purpose. This purpose may even see that nature, far from being a positive influence in the world, is in fact a destructive force. But there's another person who may have reached a very high level of faith, but when he searches the depths of his heart, he finds that nature and miracle are not completely equal for him. He's not yet reached that ultimate perfection of trust, and consequently he will not find miracles attending his path. His lot will be bound up with the way of nature. He still has to struggle with the nature test until the final victory, and he has to earn his bread by the sweat of his brow, to engage in the natural activities and to learn at the same time that there is no reality in them. <laughs> this is the level referred to by Rabbi Yishmael. You will gather your grain, apply to them the words of the Torah, the custom of the way of the world, that is, study and practice the Torah, but also engage in economic activity. Our rabbis added, many did like Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, refrained from the mundane worldly activity, and they didn't succeed. They didn't succeed because they had not yet reached the highest level of perfection, Therefore, we're not worthy of those miracles. Right? So he's comparing and contrasting those two. He then goes on to describe the third level, uh, which is where we realize intellectually everything comes from Hashem, but we lack clarity to deny that reality of nature. The fourth level being uh, that miracles happen to people, but they, they deny them as miraculous. So they like make excuses and try to explain them away. And the fifth level, where one attributes all of his success to himself and says, look at me, right? And what's amazing, um, maybe, I don't know, we'll decide whether we go through it in more depth uh, in, the, in the next days. But what's amazing to me is that it doesn't matter if you're sitting and learning Torah and you put yourself as the, look at me, look what I accomplished in my Torah, you're on level five, you're on the lowest level. And if you're working and you're attributing everything to Hashem, and you see everything as miraculous, you can be on level two or maybe even level one, right? It's not about what you're doing, it's about where you're at as a human being. I thought that was beautiful, so it should be Zohar to grow in our level, and uh, we'll meet again tomorrow. I'm just like you I'm just passing through Just like you My heart Something that's real And my mind hopes to find Treasures of another